We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We are live here on a Friday, which means it's Notre Dame recruiting our time with my guy, Sean Davis, of course, the co-host of the Lucky Lefty Podcast with Mr. Malik Zaire. It's been a difference over there, I do hear. And uh, welcoming everyone to the show, we have a very hectic show today, a really fun one. I was, I was very fortunate to line up an awesome guest for you all that we'll get into in a second. We're mm-hmm. also going to talk about some recruiting rankings because I know everyone loves to talk about recruiting rankings. So <laughs> recently ESPN had a recruiting ranking update that just came out last week. 247 had an update as well. So we wanted to hit on both of those guys here kind of briefly or not briefly. We're going to go super in depth on it actually and talk some mailbag stuff as well. But we lined up an awesome interview, Sean. I think he was on the Lucky Lefty podcast at one point or another. I do believe so. So, yeah, got he's, Mr. He's on with us. Yeah, so he's a, he's a he's a repeat offender to the uh, Sean Davis hosted podcast, man. So we're gonna bring Mr. CJ Procise on, of course, former Notre Dame great running back, also played some safety during his career, played some wide receiver, thousand yard mm-hmm. rusher on that very good 2015 team as well. Also, third-round draft pick of the Seattle Seahawks. And by the way, folks, I don't know if you have heard this at this point, but CJ also has a podcast on the Bleed Mm -hmm. Podcast Network called Lucky Underdogs, a Notre Dame football podcast, which he hosts with his former teammate, Devin Butler, of course, defensive back from Notre Dame as well. CJ, love having you on, man. Thank you so much for joining the show today, brother. I really appreciate it. Seriously. I appreciate you guys having me. I appreciate you guys having me, Ryan. Appreciate you. And Sean, obviously, man, you know, always love seeing you, man. Appreciate you, man. You already know, bro. Yeah. Well, well, we're really excited to have you, CJ, because one, you're one of my favorite players, to be very honest. I appreciate that. Because I mean, I, I loved you just seeing like the jet sweep stuff, right? In 2014, uh, yeah. within 2015, I was like, he's playing what position now after a little bit of injury string? And mm-hmm. then became a thousand yard rusher. So obviously, you were a fantastic player and i always find it crazy because i'm just like he literally played running back one year and then was a third round draft pick off of one season at a position which is just absolutely incredible yes, to think. it was but, crazy <laughs> yeah man and we're gonna get into all that cj yeah. obviously i, I want to pose this and we, we've done this in the past here on the podcast the recruits of the past because obviously recruiting hour here we love to give the perspective into 
Notre Dame recruiting all the ins and outs and the players Notre Dame is is looking at and who they're searching for and who might commit, who might not commit, and kind of all the backstories associated. So we've been, from time to time, it's been a little bit of a break, but we've been bringing on some former Notre Dame players and try, try to get like a little bit of their perspective. It's really interesting, especially mm-hmm. like we had – we had Bertrand Barry on and Oscar McBride, and they were like their recruiting goes back to like the 80s and the 90s. So this one's a right. little bit more recent than <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, a little bit. But, well, let, let me ask you, CJ, because I know you're a Woodbury Forest guy. Obviously, mm-hmm. Notre Dame had a nice string of Woodbury Forest for a couple of years, and they actually just got one in the last class, Armel Mookum out of Woodbury Forest for the first yeah, time absolutely. in some time. Let me ask you just your recruitments. I know you were an athlete, obviously, coming out of high school, did a lot of things for Notre Dame. How would you just kind of characterize, I guess, your recruiting experience kind of working back in memory here? Uh, I mean, I would say, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, compared to what it is in these days, it's like prehistoric, you know, what I, I was doing. And uh, but still, I mean, I mean, I went to all boys boarding school. So, you know, everything with me was kind of like, you know, kind of close knit uh, as, far, as far as like my family visits and stuff like that. But um. Even when Notre Dame recruited me, you know, I was I was like a three star guy. I wasn't really big time, so I didn't really have a lot of wasn't going on a lot of visits or anything like that. Um, so I was kind of surprised when Notre Dame started recruiting me, honestly. And then um, I was the first ever like guy to ever get recruited by Notre Dame at my school. Yeah. And so we, I kind of started that pipeline, and it was after after me, it was kind of was like one, two, three, uh, was kind of crazy. Um, and just having those, you know, just being able to connect those t- two schools was, I, mean, I feel like something, I mean, it's one of my greatest accomplishments just because, you know, there were, you know, Woodbury is such a prestigious high school and Notre Dame such, being in such a prestigious college. Um, yeah. But as far as recruiting, recruiting process, I feel like my, my process was, was pretty, pretty basic. Like, you know, I, I started, I think, you know, I started getting offers in, you know, February, your junior year uh, on signing day of the previous class. And then I got like, I think I had like five offers on that day. Um, Notre Dame offered me like 30 days later. And then I committed maybe like two weeks after they, after they offered me. So it wasn't, it was like, yeah, it was, so my, my process was like two months long, basically, as far as recruiting was like, I ain't even going no visits and nothing like, so mine was kind of, mine was basic really like. It has it certainly changed, CJ, which I'm excited to talk about some of these changes <laughs> yeah. because, I mean, social media is obviously taking a huge boom, but then also <clears throat> unlimited official visits now, right? Oh, yeah, and, right. And like... all that stuff. So, well, let me ask you because I've, I've, obviously I've, had got, I've gotten the fortune of, of learning a couple about you Woodbury Forest guys. So we actually mm. had Greer Martini on the podcast, of okay. course, came from yeah. Woodbury Forest. Armel Mookum, I got to know really well in the 2023 recruiting class out of yeah. Woodbury as well. How – how much did going to Woodbury really help you, I guess, prepare for that next step of Notre Dame? It's like you said, it's a prestigious school. It, it, I feel like it had to have gotten you really ready for the rigor and just handling everything. Yeah. Just as far as the schedule wise, it's like, it's, it's no different from high school to college. Like you'll like, it's almost like Texas football as far as like, you know, you know, they, they practice early in the morning. They're, they're, they go to school, then they have meetings and stuff in the afternoon. It's kind of the same thing as far as, uh, like my boarding school, like we even had class on Saturday. So, you know, it was kind of, so as far as like, once you go to college and have that schedule of being a student athlete, it doesn't really affect you as much. Um, I mean, but everybody obviously gets used to it. Uh, I mean, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, the high school just kind of prepares you. I mean, Woodbury, I would say more so wouldn't, I wouldn't say prepared, like 
me mentally, I'll say like, just put me in that place to be like, to go to Notre Dame. Um, sure. You know, like uh, as far as like, if I had went to my regular public high school, I would have never made it, had a chance to get to Notre Dame. So um, I think just going to Woodbury, it really put me in a, a place where I could have, I could have put myself in a, gave myself the opportunity to go to Notre Dame. And that's what, that's what I was most grateful for. Um, and then, the, you know, the friends and the people I meet, like Greer, you know, still one of my best friends now. Um, and so uh, that's, that's really the, 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 the best part of it. I wouldn't say the preparation as far as like, you know, academic wise and stuff like that, because that's all how much you put into it. And I didn't put a lot into my academic wise. So athletically, I put all into that. And then academically, it was like, yeah, I just going to get through. So um, definitely uh, prepare me for the premiere. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The fall season is incredibly busy for me, which makes it hard to spend the time needed to make healthy meals and live a healthy life. If you have the same problem, you'll want to try Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I've had Factor Meals, and I'm going to continue buying from them, especially with a special discount for Irish Breakdown listeners. With Factor, you skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and prepping and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. You can choose from 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never frozen meals to promote a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all ready to eat in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's irish50 at factormeals.com slash irish50 to get 50% off. I've tried it. I'm sticking with them. You should try too. CJ, you talk about your experience and how if you're going to the public school, you might not have ended up in Notre Dame. And I it makes me think about a Notre Dame commit who was a quarterback from Mississippi and thought it would be a better look for him to go to a nationally ranked team in Tennessee. And it took him like three weeks to realize, I don't fit here. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't fit this offense. Let me go back home to my team and rock out. Do you think the recruiting world is a little bit smaller than it used to be? 
and kids can stay at their public schools and still get noticed, unlike what you spoke about? Um, and just with social media, you know, it's it's such it's a just a whole new ball game now. You know, even even when I was in high school, you know, it was YouTube and stuff was just like coming out. So um, I remember, I mean, it's kind of funny. I kind of still hold a grudge to the day, but Al Golden was at Miami when I was in like, I think, eighth grade, eighth, maybe ninth, tenth grade. And I was sending him like my film through like email thinking he going to look at it. Like he probably never seen that, like never seen the highlights I sent him. But like, you know, nowadays I could have just sent it to him on, I could have just sent it to him on whatever Instagram or literally sent it right to his page and he could have seen it. And so it's just a different world now. Um, you know, you really, you know, I, if I, I was fortunate, I had guys that went, like got went to college in front of me in my, at Woodbury. So they were able to bring some, you know, college scouts to come and come and see us. Um, but if it wasn't for that, you know, I might have, I really, really would have just been the first guy, you know, trying to pull guy, pull even pull scouts to come in from um, just to come see Woodbury. Cause I don't know if, I mean, y'all but just probably heard of it, but if you ever seen it, you ain't, you ain't gonna find it just out of the nowhere. You're going on, you got nowhere it's at. Like it's a little nowhere, like tucked off, secret, secret entrance, everything. It's like, it's like Hogwarts. So you ain't, you ain't just finding that school. So, so to, to for scouts to get there, they're going to have to know where they're going. Sean, Sean you know, what's funny is I, I think I'm only a couple years older than CJ, but I'm thinking back to like my recruiting thing. And I remember like, I used to have to, I used to have to, cause I'm about to turn 32. So I don't think I'm that much older than you CJ, but like yeah. we used to have to burn the game film through VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't even oh, yeah. doing DVDs at that point. Yeah, yeah, like, it was, it still... was, it's crazy how fast. And now yeah. you can just, send any coach a dm of like hey coach here's my film i mean i right. get them all the time even though i'm not associated with the school which is absolutely I mean, you can hilarious get your, you can get your parents to record it from your phone and then send it they can just send it right from the game you know like yeah that has the benefit of school like notre dame right oh yeah that, absolutely that is really recruiting from a smaller pool yeah let's say at alabama and georgia mm-hmm. to be able to go through tape and see guys that aren't highly touted no one might even know about them but the ability to have that film available sent to you and to go find, like, like you said, those jewels right. in every recruiting class. Mm. Yes. Um, you, Armel Mookum was yeah. one of those late jewels for Notre Dame. From mm-hmm. he, was, he was a kid from Canada, man. He was playing hockey yeah. up in Canada, came down as a junior to Woodbury Forest, and the rest is history yeah. from there. Yeah. To your point, Sean. It's wild. Well, well, CJ, let me ask you this. It's a little bit of a tough question because obviously it's different nowadays, but I mentioned yeah. a couple of the changes, obviously, with unlimited official visits and now obviously NIL being a big conversation amongst right. you know recruits these days. Do you feel like if you were a recruit today, how much do you think that would have changed your process? Do you feel like you would have went on visits? You would have taken maybe a longer time to make a decision? Like, I guess I'm just curious of like what you feel like the changes would have done for your recruitment in general. Uh, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, act, I mean, obviously, you know, hindsight, you know, I would, you know, you know more. And if obviously if I went back to, you know, high school now and I was 18 and I know everything I knew now, like, oh, yeah, my, you know, I'm probably I'm, I probably still would choose Notre Dame, honestly. But like my process would be a completely different, completely, completely, completely different. And so um, I think that's I think that's probably the main thing, um, you know, as far as like. And, I, you know, the, I guess, you know, as far as what I would tell the recruits, I'm going to still tell them the same thing. I would guess people told me is like, don't, you know, choose a school for for the school you want to go to. You know, don't choose it for a coach or 
anybody else money because at the end of the day it's, it's, it's all it's all gonna be there it's all gonna be the same choose the school that you want to go to that you feel right being at um and let in and, and go from there you know i didn't even i didn't even visit notre dame before i committed i just on a whim i said hey out of all the schools that offer me this this feels the best this feels this feels the best like um what, what was moving day the first time you got up to south bend then when was the first time you got up there? uh no so i mean i uh I visited like two weeks. I think it was a month after I committed. Okay. But um, literally, I think the day I so they offered me, and then I think the day I committed or something, the uh, Charlie Monar was the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and he um he left the day I committed, and I and he was he was my he was my recruiting coordinator. So he was he came to my he came to my school, and the next day he left, and that was my first like uh like I guess like feeling of you know all right this is like what college football is like so <laughs> right you know like coach is going to be going back and forth in and out um yeah and you know Notre Dame was just I don't know what it was about it you know the whole I mean I always I was like I always had like a love for Notre Dame kind of like you know little I mean I wasn't like a big fan but I always had like a love it was like, always Miami Notre Dame my two favorite schools but um which is crazy the rivals but um you know, at least, at, least, at least it's not Notre Dame in Michigan. You're right. You're okay. right. <laughs> but yeah, Notre, once they offered me, it was like, yeah, I think this is it. This is the right call. My family, everybody wanted to move. So I think that it was the right move for me. Yeah. So uh, that first winter must have been a doozy, huh? They yeah. Take a visit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, 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 it was rough. You know, it was rough. But, you know, I think uh, you know what you were getting yourself into. You know what you're so, getting yourself into. So you come in to a program. Marcus Freeman and this staff, they're trying to build something right mm-hmm. now. So these recruiting classes are the foundational pieces. You come in, Notre Dame's been to a national championship in 2012. They've had four or five years to build a program. And you come in with you and the rest of your guys, Devin and the recruiting class and you guys form this group that's pretty much the title of your podcast. Talk about that, what it meant to be the lucky underdogs and how that pushed you guys when you arrived on campus to go ahead and make a difference when you got your opportunity. Yeah, man, I think, uh, like and like you said, the lucky underdog, man, we really we try to try to highlight the guys who don't really get the uh, get those opportunities and, you know, get the. You know, the, the guys that don't get the media coverage, you know, maybe not be might not be a starter, might be a backup, but they get in, they're gonna get make the most out of the opportunity. And so that's kind of the that's kind of the you know that, that legion of you know lucky dog guys we I mean underdog guys we kind of form. Um and it all starts you really all started with special teams. You know, it's like though you kind of start on you start running down on kickoff, blocking yeah. on you know, front line on on kick return, and that's kind of where you earn your stripes at. Um you know, at the at you know most guys coming to the college level, you're not gonna really understand the physicality of it. Um, but you know the the, the one place you really gonna understand the physicality of it is kickoff, kick return. <laughs> so you so you when you when you out there and you holding your own, oh yeah, you team you 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 team underdog now, you know, and then you you gonna go out there and you gonna earn your stripes and because those are because at the end of the day, those are guys who you know start the game off every game, you know, kickoff, kick return. So I think uh, those special teams, that's where that. That that core of guys is formed, yeah. And then you see them. Then you see. Then you start seeing guys. You know, you get the game six, seven, eight, and 
you know, starters starting to go down, little injuries and hits, little injuries here. You know, guy might be getting ready for the drafts, might hit, twist his ankle, so he might you know he out for a couple games. You know, so um, that's when you know that's when the underdogs really step up, and so uh, that's and that's that's where you you see a lot of especially at the bowl game time. You see a lot of the young guys stepping up, and those were the underdogs really shine because you know they like, hey, this is my time to shine now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the industry. You know, it's, it's underdog in this industry. We trying right. to get the team. We trying to get the team industry. But you know, somewhere in between, you, you good too. So, so I I talked to uh, a great Jeff Burris, mm-hmm. a former Notre Dame player, and he talked about his first practice when he walked out on the field, and he looked up and Ricky Waters was running towards him with his shirt off, and he was like. Yo, I got a lot of work to do. Yeah. When you first arrived, like who was the OG or the person you saw in the practice field and you were like, okay, this is he's different. And this is different. I mean, to be honest, our whole defense was like kind of different. Uh especially, you know, I came in 2012, I was playing safety. And so, you know, we had obviously, you know, we had Manti, um, Big Lou, uh, Stefan Tuitt. Uh, Capron Lewis Moore, um, what was it? I mean, Daniel Spawn, uh, Prince Shimbo. I mean, I the Janoris Jenkins, I mean, I know Janoris, Slaw, Janoris Slaughter, um, Zeke Mata. So, we had so many guys like you in that room, you like, man, like this is it's a lot of personalities in here, it's a lot of good players. Um, but I think you know, most I think for me, that guy was uh, Janoris Slaughter. Um, he was because he was that he was that you know he was a fifth year, and he was just so talented. Like everything he did was just like pff, nobody beat him man to man. He's he like he, nobody can get past him. Like tackles, pure tackler, boom. And then you like so all through camp, all through like you know early ball. And he I, I had prospected. I had did my recruiting visit with him, so I kind of got like a little uh, definitely definitely has formed like a little bond with him. And just learning from him, watching, studying the game, watching how he studied, um, and then so we get to the, obviously get through camp, and he's you know he's helped me out a lot. Uh, I get moved a linebacker my first day of camp, um, so then I was relying on Manti at that point a lot. Uh, uh, so Manti, Manti used to call me Flash all the time because I was just, I was just fast. I couldn't, I wasn't doing no tackling. I was just fast, just running fast people. <laughs> <laughs> I was not doing no tackling, but. Uh, but yeah, Janoris was that he was that guy who really uh who really kind of like helped helped me out a lot. And then it him getting hurt like this, I think it was the second game of the season. Like, yeah, damn, that shit that that, that one really hurt me because it's like, man, I know he had worked so hard to you know come back for that fifth year. And it was finally his like his year to shine, and then it just kind of just went all, you know, just how how the cookie crumbles. But you know, it's like dang, I wish he could have been playing it during this time where he could have got another extra year. You know, them boys yeah. now can get played for six, seven years and be all right. But... <laughs> CJ, yeah. I was curious about something because obviously you being a, an athlete that could play so many different positions potentially in college, like when you were being recruited, was there like an openness to like, hey, we don't know where you're going to play, but like we want you just as an athlete or was it was it always, I guess, throughout the, draft process, uh, the recruiting process, excuse me, you're going to be a safety, like you're going to be a safety. Like what was the pitch, I guess, from a positional perspective? Uh well Notre Dame it was like it was safety it was like yeah we want you to play safety but they had Coach Martin was my recruiter and Coach Monar was my recruiter so I'm like what do y'all really want me playing 
right. you got both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, yeah, like, right. you know, because well, then Martin had got moved offensive, got moved offensive coordinator when he was recruiting me. So I'm like, so my y'all just trying to give me offenses. Um, and then because the uh, Diaco barely even really talked to me during my recruit, like before I like committed, to, like and once I committed, he started talking to me a little bit more. But before, like it was all I was talking to all offensive coaches. I'm like, am I playing offense when I get there? But um, my mind, in my mind, I was playing safety. Uh, coming out of college, I mean, coming out of high school, uh, it was like I had no intentions on playing receivers. If a, if a team was like, "Yeah, hey, we want your receiver," I was like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm gonna play safety." Like I had, it, I had like a couple schools to like, like if, we, if you come here, you're gonna play receiver. I said, "No, nah, I'm good. Then you can just t- you can just take the offer back because I didn't want to play receiver. I just I don't know why. I just I was like, I'm a safety. Like I knew I was a safety. I still I still thought I was a safety. Like another name. Um, if I, I wasn't. I've, I've, I feel like after that switch from safety to linebacker, like you probably would have been a rover in today's defense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think I, a rover, like definitely I'd have been a, a solid rover because I was just real versatile. Um, but I was a ball hawk. Like, yeah. um, and then Diaco's defense, I really wasn't a, a, I wasn't really a fit in the Diaco's defense. It was more, you know, three, four, um, mm-hmm. you know, keep everything in front of you. Uh, but I was definitely like a single high playing you know playing the playing the quarterback size uh safety like t- yeah. pure tackler i'm not gonna make i'm not gonna make no big hits but i'm going for the ball every time every time i love it i love <laughs> it well well and i, I asked that question cj because like i'm thinking of like the notre dame version that we're seeing in 2023 one of the most beloved players i think in notre dame fandom now is xavier watts and he kind of mm-hmm. had a similar you know kind of move like i mean he went from wide receiver to linebacker to safety back to receiver back to safety finally kind of found his home how difficult is that having to move so many different times different positions and and just i i guess just kind of i don't want to say unsettled but like your mindset of like this is my role on this team yeah i think the uh you know i think the hardest part is the confidence in yourself you know um and i think you know somebody i want to commend a lot right now is chris tyree because like the confidence that he's showing to the the to play to go from running back to receiver that is tough because you're playing a whole nother position you gotta you're, you're getting the ball in a whole different way that you never gotten the ball before um and it's it's hard it's not an easy thing to do and so to have, to have that confidence in yourself and like to go out there and be like hey I'm doing this um I'm gonna do this thing it, it's not easy so um you know I, I definitely commend guys like you know Xavier Watts Chris Tyree because uh just you know, I would I would just say just keep that confidence in yourself because as far as the football wise, like you actually when you switch in positions, you like this is actually kind of good because I can I'm learning more football. Like I'm literally learning more football. Like me switching positions is making me a better football player. So that's how I look at it. But as far as like like I just I would just say like keeping that confidence in yourself instead of being like they just switched me. Like you know I because I kind of I kind of got that when I went to running back. I was like dang like. It kind of it kind of switched me to running back, and which which I I I should have felt that way because they kind of did limit me a lot when they switched me to running back. But um, just as far as like later in my career, uh, but you know as far as um, anything else, yeah, it's good. Just don't just, you don't want to switch to running back. Anything other any other position, pride, but not not running back. That's not the position you want to switch to right now. Yo, that's interesting because I think about switching positions. I remember 
watching, I think it might have been, the, it was either fall or spring this year. But the Notre Dame staff, they knew they were short, didn't have depth of receiver. And Xavier Watts starts practicing at receiver. And he's making 50-50 catches mm-hmm. in practice. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> but then to come to come to find out, he flat out told the coaches, I, no, I don't want to play wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to stay at safety. And to see him blossom, uh, I'm glad he stood his ground. Yeah, in that position and say, I understand, I need it, but man, I really would appreciate it if you guys let me stay here. Mm-hmm. Do you looking back at everything you went through? Is there any position that you say I wish I had just said, "Yo, let me stay here"? Uh, I honestly, I wish I'd have been like, "Yeah, let me stay at safety." Uh, even or or I mean, either safety or receiver, honestly. But I think probably uh safety where I could have just learned because I was I had played that position for at that point three years of my life you know three years all through high school and so I knew that position um you know I studied that position a lot uh and so you know when I got moved it was like you know I mean obviously I knew I could play offense I knew I was good on offense but I was like you know I didn't I I wanted to play defense like I just felt like I, I just wanted to play I just wanted to be on defense um and I think, you know, just for, uh, in the long run, as far as my career, I could have had a better shot at still playing if I was on defense just because it's just, you know, running back. I mean, I mean we all know what the, the system – I mean, where running back is at it right now. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I always say, too, like, you know, it's, it's the hardest – it's such a hard position because it's only one running back on the field, you know. Yep. It's, and it's only it's, – it's the, the position's already devalued. Now it's only one of you on the field. So it's like, you know – you're yeah. fighting for that one spot, you know, at least receiver, you got three spots or two, three spots, four spots at times. Um, tight end, you got two spots, two, three spots. And then, you know, DB, you got five, six spots to go in the field. So it's just yeah. a, you know, it's just a bigger pool of people that they, they're choosing from. And so, so you have to really enjoy watching Xavier Watts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> you talked about big playing yeah. Bob Diaco's mm-hmm. system. I'm sure you sit back and watch games now. You see Benji and Cam locking up. Yep. And like Man. Notre Dame going single high, and you're like, ooh, I wish I could have played. I'm telling and you. And Al Golden defense, which goes full circle to you sending your tape to him when Man. he was a head coach. Oh, I, I just I, I'm, I'm just happy. I'm happy to see the the, the defense, like the, the strength of the defense be the DBs. Cause you know, the DBs uh, always get a lot of they get a they they get a lot, and I get I get a DBs a lot too, cause I, I'm a, cause I'm gonna be saying, cause we, we didn't have some some DBs that get burnt in the past, all right. <laughs> we be getting burnt, all right. So, so like you know, DBs they they didn't took a lot, so they definitely deserve to have you know some good guys, Ben and Cam out there just locking things up in the safeties and able to just run over the run over run over the field and make plays like just that's 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 it's cool to see. I mean, obviously you know we we've had some really good DBs in the past with Kyle and uh, Julian Love and stuff for the having these two guys we got this year at the corners man mm-hmm. good players. different different yeah. they're sticky i mean ben ben is sticky he's one of the stickiest like players i've i've seen in college football like he just every every time you see him, he's on he's on on the receiver every time i'll take a penalty here or there i'm cool and with that he's, he's sneak very sneaky you have to watch him mm-hmm. he's one of the biggest trash talkers i could i could i could feel that Right. I can you, see that. You, you can you can see it more in practice. Yeah. But if you pay attention, 
Yeah, he be he be because he I mean, he he be right in your face the whole game, so you know mm-hmm. he's talking like. <laughs> Which is why I think everyone likes him so much because he's like the nicest kid off the field, right? Yeah. And then on the field, he's got. I was I was Joe CJ because like I always know the defensive backs because I'm just like you never have your mm. mouthpiece in like I know yeah. who you are you know what I mean <laughs> right. you're always talking. Uh, we're we're running up on time on you. I just want to ask you a couple more as far as because you you talked about obviously a couple of the coaches that were involved in like the recruiting side with mm. you guys that you really got to know. I'm curious just about your early impressions of Marcus Freeman as far as from a player's perspective. Like if you were going through your recruiting process, let's say, and you were hearing from someone like Marcus Freeman, the way he presents himself, the person he is, how attractive do you feel like that would have been as far as, you know, really making a decision potentially for Notre Dame? Uh, I mean, I could tell you if it was between Notre Dame and LSU, I was picking Notre Dame just because of Freeman. Um, you know, just like just because, you know, if having Kelly, you know, he wasn't, you know, somebody I I committed for. You know, I, I didn't even I barely even knew who he was when I committed to Notre Dame. I didn't care who the head, co- head coach was. So, like, you know, I'm like, I ain't I'm not going to go somewhere for a head coach because he might be gone in two years. Sure. Um, So that that was so. I, but I think, you know, as far as um with Freeman, the, the kind of the. You know, what the culture he's 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 instilled and he's he's bringing to like he's brought to Notre Dame. Um, you know, I think for me, you know, I would have loved to play for a coach like Coach Freeman. Um, you know, I think if if I had to, you know, if it was if I had to decide, you know, I think the only the, it was funny the only drawback of me when I was in my process of like you know committing to Notre Dame was like, how is this head coach gonna be? Like my parents right. are like, you know, that's, that was my parents. That that was their only concern. They were like, "Is this head coach is going like just basically, you know, you know, whatever my son just do whatever you want to my son, like, you know, uh, and that's that's that was their only concern. And then that was, you know, I don't think Freeman would have gave off that impression as much as Coach Kelly did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Coach Kelly's a you know the politician, you know, a CEO type uh, leader as far as head coach, and then. Freeman's more of a player's um seems like he wants to be more of a player's coach. I mean, obviously at Notre Dame you can't be can't be that much of a player's coach because you have to be a big time politician as well. But sure. uh I think I think as far as like my family wise and like my as feeling like for me feeling wise, I think Freeman would have been I think it would have been a no brainer for me if I if he came came to my house and talked to me about going to Notre Dame. I think it'd have been like, all right, where do I sign? <laughs> I love that. And, and CJ, I, w- I really want to hit this with you quick before I let you talk about the podcast a little bit and get you out of here. So we had a comment from Ma- Robert Matichek who just asked, mm-hmm. having made so many incredible plays, I'm curious if CJ has one that stands out as a particular favor. Just rewatch some of his work. I mean, fire. Thank you. So thank you so very much, guys. Great show. Is there is there a play like that, CJ? I mean, I know you made a lot of them uh, in your career. Number one is always going to be LSU. The uh, jet sweep touchdown, the tie game. Yep. That's always going to be number one. You know, it was just the, the timing of the game, everything. I feel like it just, if I feel like that, that touchdown, like flipped our whole next season too. Like it, it started, yep. it's jet and it started off that whole next season. And we just, we knew how talented we were from that moment. I mean, from that game, but that whole, you know, after that moment, you know, it was like, yeah, we know how talented we are. Like we got this, like we can, we can play against anybody. It's a great pick. And to get you out of here again, Lucky Underdogs, Notre Dame football podcast. You can find 
on any podcast platform you frequent mm-hmm. him and Devin Butler CJ if you just want to plug that a little bit what are some of I guess the highlights of the show so far and just how excited you are to continue growing that brand oh yeah so you can catch us on Twitter uh Instagram at, uh, at lucky at lucky underdogs uh, you know, with me and Devin Butler, you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter as well, precisely underscore 22. But like I said, like I said a little bit earlier, you know, we just like to highlight the guys who don't really get the media coverage, don't really get, you know, don't always get all the playing time. You know, the guys who make the plays to help us win the game, but you might not really hear about them. So try to try to highlight those guys. Um, you know, it could be coaches, could be coaches as well. I think, you know, this last week, you know, I think Al Golden was our underdog of the yep. week because, um just the game plan he put together uh and so you know that that's kind of that's kind of like how how we've been doing it um we try to try to keep the guys you know the the sam hartmans and the ben ben moe's we try to keep them you know they doing what they're supposed to do as long as they're doing that we don't, we don't got to talk about them but uh you know but the uh the guys who don't really get that much coverage and you know working their tail off every week we try to highlight those guys so we try to make sure they get they, they love to so make sure to go follow the podcast right now you can also follow cj at cj precisely underscore two on twitter x whatever we're calling it these days yeah, cj thank you so much man really appreciate you popping in brother we'll have to have you back on but thank you so much for your perspective man this absolutely really appreciate y'all appreciate y'all have a good one you too man Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.